Welcome to the Write Good Books podcast, the audio companion to writegoodbooks.com with your host, Jason Boga. And what's up, writers and readers? I'm Jason, and I'm back again with our co-host, Scott Michael Childers. I think we skipped last week, so apologies out to everybody. Yes. Are you okay? I'm, I'm fine. You're not going to say, what are you doing skipping weeks? What are you doing <laughs> Conflict. We now have conflict. Never, never skip podcast day. Yes. Wow. So, with that intro of sorts, we shall. Um, this week, we would like to talk about conflict in writing because that's, you know, plot's important, characters important, settings important, but conflict is, in a lot of ways, what sells your story, in my opinion. Well, it makes it a story as opposed to just a description. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. And there are so many uh, types of co- conflict you can do. So this week, I thought we would look... Actually, it was Scott's idea, so let's uh, plot Scott for the idea. Or, or blame me if this blame. goes Yeah, that, that works too. Um, culture for conflict. Now, I think we'll, we'll have some clarifications here right off the bat that there's lots and lots of ways to look at culture in the world and in fiction. Uh, what do you have in mind for parameters on this? Well, I, I think first of all, right now we're not going to say this is this culture is better than that culture. That's not what we're trying to do here. Right? We're, there won't be a USA USA chant today. Correct, or anything like that. <laughs> uh, it's strictly about the conflict between. So no value judgments on that. <laughs> and I think maybe we should talk about what do we mean by culture. <laughs> so culture could be, and you know, jump in on anything. It kind of describes not only the traditions and language and general, very general definitions of success, family, growth. You know, some of the defining parts of a group make up their culture. You know, what are the holidays? What is celebrated? What is shunned? What is considered good? What is considered bad? Uh, On kind of a a nuanced Mm -hmm. level, not like big, giant uh, moral stuff. Sure. So, you know, a whole lot of things can make up a culture. And, and we're not pretending to be the social scientists or anthropologists here. We're, we're writers. So if you did some research, you could definitely find a better uh, <laughs> description of what does a culture mean. So what we really want to focus on today is not the world building, not saying a culture is good or bad, but what happens when people from two different cultures meet yeah and how how to use that as a tool to drive your plot well not not just your plot but it can be used to create all sorts of things in your story develop characters and yeah yeah. absolutely Mm -hmm. um defined setting you know this meeting of cultures can can be a tool for lots of things Mm -hmm. whether it's real culture or something that you created with your world building and we've touched about bits and pieces of this we throughout have. the podcast. I know. And really, any any good world building will have culture intertwined in it. I mean, that's, yeah, that's the, a pretty the, big part of your setting. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about money systems, mm-hmm. and I think we've talked about holidays and religions mm-hmm. and, and yeah. stuff like that. So there are all sorts of facets. And mm-hmm. there are some facets where you don't even have to really include in the actual story, mm-hmm. but having them kind of in mind can help inform the character's uh, reactions right. and, and things like that. So, And it doesn't have to be real big 
picture things either when you're coming up with your conflicts between characters for culture. It doesn't have yeah. to be religious or, oh, or yeah. ethnic or, or location-based or whatever it could be. Yeah, I think we got some examples mm-hmm. that we'll, we'll touch on a little bit, I think, with that. But yeah, that's a great point. Uh, it doesn't have to be, you know, two completely different groups of people mm-hmm. or humanoids if you're doing sci-fi or whatever, sure. or even non-humanoids. What got me thinking about this was there was some some talk about why do you, you know why does that group have this behavior at home? Well, in this one is particular. Why do why does this group wear shoes inside the house? And for the person asking that question, they were raised it with a culture that always took off their shoes. And you know it wasn't just like in this case Japanese, but there's whole chunks of folks that. The culture is you go home, you take off your shoes for a variety of reasons. My reason is comfort. But then there's other people that say, well, I'm more comfortable with my shoes on, so I keep them on. Oh, yeah. But the original person asking the question could not conceive of a world that people kept their shoes on uh, until just recently because that's when they were first exposed to that. Okay. Right? So they had grown up. Everyone took their shoes off. Mm-hmm. It, was a, it wasn't even really told yeah. it's just everyone did it and so that's how you learned you enter a door you take off your shoes <laughs> in, in, in this person's life that was part of the culture they were raised in and then they were exposed to someone who walked in the door kept their shoes on and walked all over the house yeah it's like what is going on my world has now you know their worldview is now from their point of view <laughs> broke broke yes yeah or this person is some sort of deviant <laughs> there's something quote-unquote wrong They're wrong because they didn't take off their shoes i go through an internal conflict when i walk into someone's house because i don't know if they want the shoes on or off so i literally will look at other people's feet mm-hmm. and do what they're doing yeah but imagine in a world where no one took off their shoes and then you come in and the first thing the host does is take off your shoes and then everyone looks at you and they start spraying little air freshener around. <laughs> I, I don't know, but again, it's this suddenly seeing an example of mm-hmm. something that is outside of everything you know. Yeah. Imagine someone who has, well, tribes that, you know, that have been discovered. Oh, sure. You can't see the air quotes. These people coming in are so different than anything that has yeah. ever been discovered. So that's a big thing. That's a big thing. L- little things are, you know, the first time, you know, show your cell phone to somebody who's never seen anything like that. That's science fiction to them. Yeah. yeah. And, and there's a whole lot of smaller mm-hmm. examples too, like modern slang to mm-hmm. someone who is, you know, over a hundred years old, doesn't watch television, you know, reads the same newspapers that they've read since growing up. And then all of a sudden someone comes in and starts talking with modern slang, you know, asking, you know, yo, that's that's lit. <laughs> and, and this isn't even modern slang. This is old <laughs> slang. But, you know, using terms like, you know, yeet. I still don't know what yeet means. I don't know. But e- even if. <laughs> and forgive me if that causes us to lose our, our family. <laughs> Started to give me the giggles on the yeet thing. But even just the way people like us in our, let's say, mid 30s. Yeah, a little bit older than that. At <laughs> least like I just, am. Just the, yeah, the uh, but like even the way we talk now on this podcast, a hundred years ago, someone would listen to that and say, what? is this English? Is this, what is this? Right. These are types of things like 
this is something completely outside of everything you already know. And it causes self-reflection or wondering what's going on with that other person. And it could do both. Mm -hmm. It could have an immediate what's up with that person. Then later on, the person reflects on what they've experienced. And it could be huge. It could be these small little things like yeah. taking your shoes off at the door. Yeah. And that's the tough part. If you are writing something that's, you're trying to do something outside your own culture. We talked about this mm -hmm. earlier. But if it's stuff you're making up, you can use stuff like that. Oh, yeah. And you can, if, if it's tiny little cultural things, you could use that as character traits or developing characters, too. If you have a character who is really, really bothered by some little thing that doesn't matter, I mean, what does that say about that character's personality? You know, it might mean that he obsesses over things, or it might mean he just he's so in his own worldview that... Even little things will bother. Yeah. Well, and it's a great example of showing growth, too, oh, in, yeah. in certain they areas. Overcome. Someone comes into a new place and has to learn new things. Um, and, and here's another thing I want to stress. It doesn't mean you're accepting and the character is accepting these new things necessarily. It just means they are being exposed to new things. What is mm -hmm. the reaction? And they may go through, that is wrong. That's that character. Mm -hmm. And... But doing that, you're defining part of the character. You're saying they they really are entrenched in the culture that they come from. In some cases, you can use it to show set in their ways or a traditionalist. Uh, on the other hand, if they see it and go, hmm, that's really interesting, I want to learn more, then that shows a different side, a different mm -hmm. type of character. And again, these are these little bits that can help enrich yeah. uh, a character, or and, two or three. Or yeah, three. and just little things like that that say so much about a character just help bring the characters more to life. Yeah. You know? it, it, again, we're, it, we're not saying that a character has to approve of the new things, mm -hmm. or they could be very actively hostile against the That's new true. things. Again, those show different sides of a character yeah. that... You can do that with that, as opposed to saying, well, this person was X, Y, and Z. Right. It gives you a chance to show that. Yeah, and show, don't tell is the number one rule. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, we've talked about minor things and individual characters, but then you can use culture on the big picture. Yeah. And, you know, let's throw out the Star Trek reference, the Borg versus humanity. That's a huge culture clash. Yeah. Well, okay. Things like that. There was an episode, Star Trek Next Generation, uh, a new civilization where the the uh, crew of the Enterprise came across. It was Picard and, um, oh man, I'm going to lose my geek cred on this. But the other or the other uh, civilization only spoke in references to their past history and their past stories. So even though the, the words may have been the mm -hmm. same, at least on the TV show. Through their uh, internal translator device. Yeah. What, what are those things called? But the meaning was absolutely mm -hmm. lost. Hmm. Chakra and the where the walls fell and, and those type of things. Oh, yeah. What does that mean? So communication roadblock. Yeah, there's a but lot. But that's a big thing. That's yeah. language. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot you can do with it. Well, and <laughs> it might be outside the scope of what we would talk, talk about, but sometimes those mm -hmm. cultural differences create on a big scale create physical conflicts as well mm -hmm. you know we can't deny that happens right um and sometimes that might be one of the things you want to think about sure. when you're looking for large scale reasons why there's fighting right 
and it's not like that hasn't been done. Look at the 1980s, how many pop culture, well, I'll say wrestling, since that's <laughs> what I was thinking about. But, you know, it's Hulk Hogan taking down the Russians. Yeah. You know, and that's... If you don't even have to show the conflict, mm -hmm. you could reference that type of conflict. Oh, yeah. You could use it as background. So it, it can be tricky if you're using real-world cultures. Mm -hmm. And we talked about this before, too. Do your research and find that point of view before using a real-world culture. And again, I'm not saying that you need to show all everything as the same, mm -hmm. but have some truth behind it if you're using a real-world culture. Right, because if you, if you haven't done the research and you're just writing on stereotypes or how you believe a culture that you haven't really experienced is, you'll get called out on it quick. Yeah. And it'll be totally apparent that you don't know what you're talking about or you're just looking at a stereotype. Yeah, and you lose the nuance. Mm -hmm. That makes it really effective. Yeah. You know, e even on, on that practical level. Um, but I agree with everything you said. It's like you could write something completely out of character mm -hmm. And it, that's just that's just not the right way to do it. So let's let's go through some more examples too to kind of show. I, I know you had a couple written down there. Oh, little ones. You know, a, a lot of my short stories and my novel are all in small towns. So if if you're looking, if you're writing characters from small towns versus characters, you know, I I grew up in a town of three hundred people. Now I live in what's a metro area, a million eight hundred thousand ish. Yeah, but I mean, even then, you see, there's there's conflict you could write about in that. You know, when people from different backgrounds come into a new setting, and it's you know, like the my school was so different than my kids' school. You know, just that type of thing, and the, even the, the conflicts. Well, this isn't quite. This is more of a setting thing, but like you know, the the way you write a small town, everybody knows each other, and. You know, everybody supports the local team where you, know, well, you go to a city setting and there's 15 different teams to support. You know? Well, when we say local team, we mean the school and it's a good chunk of them are relation. And that right there, you have the conflict between the small towns. Right. And, you know, there was there were towns we had our, our rivalries with. and Yeah. It, well, <laughs> and we talked about this before we started recording small town the definition mm -hmm. you know i when i think both of us when we moved to larger communities we said oh small town said, like, yeah me too i'm from a small town of twenty thousand. <laughs> it's like no you know small town of 300 right and it just it blew their minds because they didn't think there could be a, a any type of municipality in modern day society <laughs> that was less than you know fifteen thousand. yeah uh, it, that just, again, shows. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. It's just they never were exposed to that until later on in life. So, yeah. But, yeah, a, a small town from someone from Miami talking about a small town <laughs> is going to be a whole lot different than where Jason and I yeah. both came from different small towns. And we, you know, 300 people, that's the size of a class in yeah. some of these places. So it's crazy. That, yeah. Sorry to step on your example like that. No, that's good. Um, what were the other examples? My favorite example of, like, culture clash, and I didn't even like the show, but this one always comes to my mind, was that dumb uh, alien nation on Fox in the 90s. 
Oh, yeah, well, that was the premise yeah, of the show, yeah. at least partially. But, yeah, I was like, you know, I forget exactly, but a bunch of aliens had to come live with humans, and you had all sorts of clashes. You had the people who wanted to kill the aliens, the people who wanted to befriend them, and, yeah. you know, there'd be hate crimes against the aliens, and that was really well, pretty deep. Well, and even, like, if I remember right, some of the foods that were eaten by the aliens were just downright disgusting oh, for the yeah. humans. And, and it was just like, that is what they did. Yeah. So. You know, food, food, different foods for different cultures, that's a pretty big source of conflict. Yeah. You know? Yeah, <laughs> where, where one culture's mainstay is another culture's religious yeah, uh, or, sacred or pet or or pet or, or garbage or yeah i'm sure yeah i'm sure there's cultures that see some of the stuff we eat and think oh my god oh definitely that yeah. is grease <laughs> definitely you know some of the stuff that uh, is stereotypical american eats oh, yeah turns some other people's stomachs and literally uh, <laughs> and I, again, not saying it's right or wrong. Exactly, it's just that's the that's yeah. the worldview, that's the perspective. All right. and so we've talked about all this other stuff, but there's also cultures within cultures where mm-hmm. there's a big group, and everyone or most everyone kind of follows some things, but that in that big group there are smaller groups that have some differences. Again, it, it could okay. be religious, political, music, yeah. food. So they all share kind of the some big issue, you yeah. know, how they stand on big issues, or they all speak the same base language, but there's different dialects or different yeah, slang. Yeah, you could see, and I'll, I'll throw out a religion one just for fun. Uh, you know, my the first time my Baptist friend was in a Catholic church, his mind was blown. He's like, what is going on here? You know, it's... You know, you have your base Christianity and you have different traditions and different cultures there. And throughout history, people have died over that. Yeah. So, I mean, there are some big picture things over what an outsider might see as, as little minor differences. And that's that's a kind of a fun thing to write about, too. You could, you know, a lot of conflict in fiction does start out as something that might seem trite, but then evolves into something huge. There's different ways to take that culture mm-hmm. thing too there are some that will only focus on just that difference part but then there are others that may dig a little deeper and say well why why are we different on this point why do we eat different foods right and so even how a character goes into that can show something about that character if they're only focused on this is just this one small piece but this this is the only thing i'm focusing on as opposed to, well, there must be a reason why they do this differently than we do. Oh, yeah. Right? And, again, not saying one way or the other is right. wrong as far as how you write your characters. It's just a way of showing different types of of character reactions. Yeah. You can really have an emotional, a well, well-written emotional character by showing how they can learn about cultures that aren't their own and how they grow into it. You know, I know... These days, there's all sorts of, of talk. This is wrong. This is right. And we're not saying, we're not making a stand in this episode about mm-hmm. that. Really want to stress that. But again, we acknowledge that there are some things out there that are tough. Yeah. And there are some things that it, it's a tough discussion to have and something that we can't talk, we, we can't cover in 20 minutes to, sure. to cover that nuance. Yeah. So, but as you're writing, Use that 
as something to enrich. And if you're writing to make a point, use that as oh, well. Yeah. These are tools in, in your writing, not trying to minimize real life culture clashes. Right, right. We're talking about fiction, <laughs> right? <laughs> but sure, it's it's like in that those those clashes happen. You can't deny that, right? But this is not this is not the the uh, forum for those discussions. Yeah. So, yeah. so I think, yeah. In closing, I just. You know, I think writing about conflicts and culture can help you grow as a writer. And, you know, if you do it well, maybe you can help a few of your readers grow as people. Yeah. And if you don't learn, if you don't do it well, well, then you're in for a learning experience. Yeah. Possibly even a Twitter mob. That's a whole other <laughs> thing. Okay. So on that note, thanks for checking us out. If you'd like to support us, check out patreon.com slash write good books. And visit us on the web at writegoodbooks.com slash podcast. We'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions, comments, or topics you would like to see us discuss. Yeah. We'll see you next time. See ya.